Hi, this is Very Bad Words, and I'm Matt Fiddler. If you give them a chance, kids love to swear. Shit. <laughs> Bunk. <laughs> Crap. Crap. Bitch. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. Okay, um, and I, it's, what's funny is that even though you're swearing in front of me, like as an adult, I'm told not to swear in front of kids your age. And so I want to repeat those words that you just said to me that I know you know because you just said them, and I'm afraid to. No, it's fine. Me and um, Owen just watched a rated R movie last night. And I was raised in a pretty similar situation as those kids. I heard bad words a lot growing up, partially because of my mom, but mainly because of this guy, who was a close family friend. Bruce fucking Simons? No. <laughs> Him and my mom both worked at middle schools. My mom was a vice principal, and Bruce was a history teacher. Your mom and I have been known for our language for years. You know, everybody comments on how bad it is. For me, teaching all day, you had to be good. You couldn't swear. So you kept it all in, all that frustration or whatever you had. And when you'd get home... That was the release, you know, to be able to let a few words fly. When I was little, growing up around the Simons, Bruce was constantly working on his house, remodeling the family room, the kitchen, building a deck or a shed. You know, occasionally I'd hit my finger or something and go, son of a bitch or shit or whatever, because it hurt. And his son, my first friend, Wes, was in the early stages of talking and mimicking his parents. So he picked up on that really quickly. And he would go around the room with his little play school hammer, and you'd hear, tap, 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 shit, son of a bitch. And tap, 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 shit, son of a bitch. And after all that exposure to bad words as a kid, this may shock you. Wes and I are nice, well-adjusted people. So, on this episode of Very Bad Words, I actively doubt the common-held belief that you shouldn't swear around children. Hi, this is Very Bad Words, and I'm Matt Fiddler. Our next guest is a radio colleague of mine, Lauren Schiller. And before she tells us her story about swearing around her children, I want to tell you about her show that can be heard on public radio, and of course, as a podcast as well. It's called Inflection Point, and if you like stories about badass women, this show is for you. Lauren has this fantastic ability to connect to her guests on this really deep, intimate level like you rarely hear these days. She digs below the headlines and obvious questions, and gets to the heart of the women that she interviews. She's had great episodes in the past with guests like Sarah Silverman, Eve Ensler, Lily Tomlin, Gloria Steinem, and other leading thinkers. So I highly encourage you to check out Inflection Point with Lauren Schiller. Look it up on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts and add it to your podcast queue. I promise it will not disappoint. And I know Lauren because she used to actually sign my paychecks, well, of one of my gigs, when I was her engineer and kind of a side character on a show that she used to co-host called The Lady Brain Show. And on this show, Lauren and her co-host used to talk about all sorts of things from a woman's perspective. And of course, parenting was often one of these topics. So I thought she'd be a perfect person to talk to for this episode because Lauren and her husband... 
raised their kids in the famously open-minded city of Berkeley, California, which is just a few towns over from where I grew up in the Bay Area. And they're raising their kids in a similar way to the way I was raised. They aren't abusive with language or anything like that, but they're also not afraid to swear, especially while driving in heavy Bay Area traffic. I don't think it's possible to not swear in the car. But but I have to tell you, when my when my now 13-year-old was probably three years old, she was in the backseat singing to herself, and she was singing the old McDonald song. And um, when she got to the part that goes with a quack quack here and a quack quack there, she busted out with, with a fuck fuck here and a fuck fuck there. <laughs> and she's three. <laughs> Whoa, because you think it was because you were driving? I don't know, but I turned to my husband and I was I was, you know, trying to recall all at once all the parenting books that I had read, which was react, don't react, say something, don't say something. And in the end we were just cracking up and we turned and we said, you know, honey, um, that's not really a word you should be using. And she probably had no idea. She's just learning the language, right? And that clearly was something that had infiltrated. She was obviously <laughs> on the duck verse, you know? And so yeah. what rhymes with duck? <laughs> rhymes with duck. <laughs> I guess that's probably one of my, my most frequently uttered words, rhymes with duck. The last study we did, we found this with uh, one and two-year-olds, well, really as soon as the kids could talk, in daycare settings, when they were away from their parents, the, we heard the F and the S word. Linguist and cognitive psychologist, Dr. Timothy J. I'm Professor Timothy J. in the Department of Psychology at Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts, and I'm a scholar of the science of swearing. And I think there's plenty of evidence that before kids go off to school, these preschoolers uh, they probably have a vocabulary of 30 or 40 taboo words. So these kids are learning language at the rate of nine words a day. And they're like little language vacuum cleaners. And anytime they hear emotional language, they're attracted to it. So it's odd that we maintain this veil of um, chastity <laughs> with with regard to language that we're actually protecting children when they already, most kids already know these words, certainly by the time they're in grade school, they know what these words are. So what we're protecting them from is, is uh, kind of a mystery. So according to Dr. J, kids learn to use bad language at a really young age. But why? What's the purpose of it? When you watch children express anger, like preschool children, infants express their anger in very physical ways. You send your two and three-year-olds off to daycare and they come back with scratches on their faces and bite marks. Um, That's a pretty common way to express anger when you're two or three years old. And then as you learn more language and you learn a little better uh, ways to cope, you start using language to express your anger. So, mommy, I hate you, things things like that, or, or using swear words that you're not supposed to use. So, Kids make the the connection between whatever the, uh, you know, whatever the arbitrary word is when they're angry that they use or mom uses or their siblings use. So that's the powerful word. I mean, that's the one thing kids are going to learn when they see their other people swear is like, wow, that's a powerful word. And you kind of tuck that away for when you need it, you know, like verbal ammunition. 
So as I said, those are arbitrary. You could be in your Mormon family that when mom and dad get angry, they say shucks or sugar. And so that becomes the ammunition that you use. And so everybody's going to be different. Um, although when you look at 300 million people, they're going to see, you know, most of them fuck shit, you know, motherfucker. Those are going to be the words that are in general are the powerful ammunition. When I was free, shit was my first bad word. Shit is my favorite curse word. Once my mom was making us a dumpling, and my dad called her dumpling shit dumplings, and they both made shit dumplings. <laughs> well, he, he was like, guess what came in the mail today? These nuts. Uh, my name's Andy Mills. I grew up in uh, southern Illinois in southern Louisiana. Andy grew up completely different than me. He was raised in small-town America in a fundamentalist Christian home. Growing up in my home, not only did you not swear, but there were words that I thought were profane words, were cuss words, as we called them, that have, like, in my adult life, I've realized those aren't, those aren't cuss words. Like, fart? We were not allowed to say fart. My sister said fart once, and she got into some trouble, you know? And the truth is, I, I, loved, I loved Jesus, and I loved the church. There's, no, there's just no reason you should say a profane word. Like, I, I would just, I, I wasn't a part of it. Like, I, I even, like, I was a kid, you know, I listened to Eminem, and I, I thought Eminem was super cool, but, like, when I would come to that word, you know, I'd be like, I sit back with this bag of, you know, I would just, like, I would always, like, I would skip that word. Or, like, I loved R. Kelly, which I'm ashamed to say I ever did. Because fuck that guy. Um, but <laughs> every time I would be singing an R. Kelly song, I would totally skip over anything close to a cuss word that he would say. You know, I just like would skip that part. So Andy didn't swear growing up. That means maybe it's possible to stop kids from using bad language in the first place. I've seen this in Indiana. I've seen it in Hartford, Connecticut. And you get all of these reports about the instigation of these types of um, interventions. But you never hear that they all fail. I mean, we've been using these four-letter words for probably several hundred years. There's no effort to curb this language that has ever worked. I mean, you can go back to the Crusades and, and all of these attempts to, you know, um, stem the emotions of children or adolescents or adults just it's not going to work it never has worked i haven't seen any successful i mean if it, if these things were successful we wouldn't be talking that's a good point and well we're going to take a quick break and when we return we'll hear some more stories and keep talking to dr j about the relationship between swearing and children stay with us Welcome back to Very Bad Words. I'm Matt Fiddler. Before the break, we heard from Andy Mills, who was forbidden to swear by his parents and his religion, really. And he didn't swear through his entire childhood. But then, on the other side of that coin, is Jesse Hazelip. Now, he was also from a fundamentalist Christian home. I was raised just feeling guilty about everything. And so I was pretty young when I gave up on the idea of, like, religion and this and that. And, um, so I was like 
nine or ten, and I, I just started cursing like a sailor because it, I had been oppressed. And I had just been told I'm going to hell. And so I was like, all right, well, fuck you then. And fuck everybody. And like I just turned into a sailor really young. And But I wasn't using it in the proper context, and I was just using it in an angry manner. And I think that's what happens with oppression. Now, Jesse has a kid of his own, and he also learned how to swear at a young age. But instead of telling Kingston he was going to hell when he got into trouble for swearing at school? And instead of punishing him about it, I, I just said, you know what, like, you got to know, like, when to use it. And so what Kingston started doing was self-editing and starting to ask for permission to use certain words. So he'll he'll be in a certain situation and be like, hey, can I say the S word? It's funny, I, I approach it kind of like a little secretive, kind of like shared experience with him. I'll be like, okay, you can say one. And and typically he'll just he'll just say it. He'll just be like, fuck, and then laugh, and that'll be that. I'll I listen to music sometimes that has cursing in it, and if he He'll pick up on the songs and like them, and I don't want to hide him from music. I want him to be exposed to all sorts of music, and so he'll end up singing along, but he'll self-edit. He'll be like, get the F word out of my way, and it's really sweet, and like, it shows that like he's aware that he needs to wait to be able to use it properly. And that seemed to work. So I had been away from Kingston for a really long extended period of time. And when we get together, because we're from a broken home, he he gets really excited to see me. But this was an extended period of time, so he's even more excited. So I see him, and he runs and jumps on me. And right off the bat, he was like, Dad, can I say the F word? And I was like, well, yeah, I guess so, buddy. And he was like... I fucking love you. And it just, it was just the perfect use of the word. And it was emotive. And there there wasn't a better example of when to use that word to express yourself and express deeper emotion and feeling. And it's like, it's one of the most special moments I've ever shared with him because it was a perfect moment. You know, I think it's a sign of maturity that you're that the that the kid negotiates with his father what you know what can and cannot be said. Um, but basically, this language, other than the innocuous uses of it, is you might ask the question like, why have humans evolved to do this swearing that no other animal does? And it's so Darwin would say you must have some evolutionary advantage. And that advantage is that it lets us express our emotions in a symbolic way so we don't have to bite and scratch somebody when we're angry. So this um, type of expression, this symbolic uh, verbal expression is unique to humans. We mainly hear complaints about children and language when it comes to abusive type situations where kids are angry or they're name calling or there's some type of uh, peer-to-peer abuse or adult-to-child abuse. And we really lose sight that most 
of the use of taboo words is innocuous. And, and, and I think it goes on under the radar. So we have the false impression that, uh, that this language is either bad or harmful in some way without looking at the base rate of swearing that really is not harmful at all, if not beneficial. Okay, but go to Google and search swearing and its effects on kids or swearing and increased aggression in children. You're going to find several articles from mainstream publications with headlines like Profanity on TV linked to teen aggression. Um, Here's one from Time Magazine headlined, Children who use swear words on TV are more aggressive. These articles all cite a study where 223 adolescents in the Midwest completed questionnaires examining their exposure to media, attitudes, and behavior regarding profanity and aggressive behavior. That study is so bogus on so many levels. It was published in the journal Pediatrics. I reviewed it. Um, they, were, they never measured aggression. Um, they never objectively measured what the content uh, that the kids were exposed to. These were a group of, I think they were 10 or 12-year-olds who self-rated their perceptions of the words that they heard not only on television but in video games, and they didn't segregate those two effects. And then these children rated their own level of aggression. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really trust a 10 or 12-year-old to objectively account for what they hear, and I don't trust them to give a creditable count of how aggressive they are. So there's no independent measure, and it was totally misperceived in the in the media, and I think I think it probably reflects our, our bias towards wanting to uh, vilify television and media and video games. Again, without you know looking at all the kids who consume these things without any assumed effects. But that kind of research certainly um, catches the ears of people who want to hear that kind of message. So this is a sensibility that's been in our culture for hundreds of years that most people believe, but as a scientist, there's very little evidence that that a word in and of itself will psychologically or physically harm a child. But underlying this whole question we've been talking about harm is a moral question. It's not a psychological question it's a moral question but it can be difficult even for those who it's not a psychological question or even a moral question take comedian and actor pj landers and this woman the author of the clancy's of queens tara clancy she finds no immorality in simple curse words it's interesting because I don't mind if my kids curse at all. In my house, I don't care. They, they copy what I've said. I don't mind. However, I, I am still conscious of not allowing them to curse in public, mostly because I think it reflects badly on me. Exactly. It's totally exactly. selfish, it's and it's it based is. on no true principles. It's not like I'm like, I think it's so terrible, and you're going to hell. You know, None of that, I, none of that applies for me. 
But I also don't want the other parents being like, yeah, because I, now I live in Manhattan, right? And I'm and it's a little more bougie than like where I grew up, where I live. And I don't want them to be like, yeah, that Queens woman lets her kids curse and right. there's such trash. So I'm like, no, you cannot say those words. Right. I would perfect. I tell my son no. No, yeah. it makes perfect sense though. Yeah. You don't you want to you don't want to look like a bad parent just to don't the want other that's parent. It. But their kids still know that they aren't supposed to use this language, that these are so-called bad words. And these types of kids, I was one of them, always push the boundaries because they know these are just social norms and not a matter of life or death, heaven or hell. This is something kids will always say, mommy, daddy said the word fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you would say, and, I then, love that. and then all of a sudden you're in trouble. Don't say the word fuck in front of the kid. <laughs> daddy, mommy said the word fuck. <laughs> so the kid says it, we're all saying it, but... You know, oh, and it, it, I think every kid does that thing. I think every I did that thing to my phone. My phone went to the bathroom once when I was little, and, and I yelled into him because I knew he couldn't. Like you know, he was in the on the toilet, and I yelled <laughs> in, and I was like, "Hey, Dad!" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Is shit a curse?" <laughs> Tara Elizabeth, what did I get out of here? And I would like waited a few more seconds. Oh, and I was like, "Hey, God. Dad." What about bastard? You know, <laughs> when I get out of here. And now my son, just for the first time, did the exact same thing to me. He was walking next to me in the street and he looked up and he was like, Mom, is dick a curse? <laughs> and they just like, they figured out this genius way to say every curse by asking if it's a curse. I mean, how brilliant. But ultimately, after a certain age, the parents only have so much control. When they grow up, kids are influenced much less by their parents than by other kids, their peers. Here's rapper, producer, and spoken word artist Malik Crumpler, who also joined Tara and PJ for our discussion. I, I think because of siblings, it gets different. Like, when I got here, my brother gave me, like, the basic instructions on being these people's child. How uh, how much older was your brother than you? Four years. Okay. And, like, so that's I didn't have... big when you're little, you know? Like that's, oh, it was fucking... He was ancient. He was like old, old as Jesus and shit when we were <laughs> kids. And he would just be like... Because I never had the moment of like, you know, is it shit a curse? Because I guess he had it and got fucked up. So he knew, like, don't ever curse around these motherfuckers. And I'd be like... but And he'd be like, and don't ever tell that I curse. Like, that's our shit. We curse. We shut that fucking door and we say fuck <laughs> as much as we want. Like, the first fucking rap song... Um, he made, because we made him, I, I must have been like three or some shit. His song was called Bullshitters. And like my mom went into the grocery <laughs> store. And this is when you could still leave kids in the car. I don't know if y'all leave kids in cars in New York. But there's like no other way to deal with your kids. Maybe there is. My mom left us in the fucking car. <laughs> and me, me too, me too. Yeah, okay. no, no, don't, 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 don't. We're not leaving you hanging. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. door. And there's no radio because motherfuckers will steal the car. So do something. So my brother and I would make up rap Dude, songs. Dude, I, I would leave the keys in the car hoping they take the kids. <laughs> so I'm with you. I ain't but leaving. the fucking rap songs were all curse words because we didn't know enough words to rap, make a full right, rap. Right. So it was just like bullshit, 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 bullshit. <laughs> shitting on the bullshit, shitting on the bullshit, bullshit, shit on that shitty. And then so my song was just like, what am I going to do? Fuckers, 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 fuckers. And we, we loved it. So what do you think? Do you agree with me and Dr. J? Is it inevitable that kids will learn to swear? And what do you think of the show? Have you subscribed yet so you never miss a future episode? And one more question. Will you please rate us and review us in iTunes or your podcast app? This really helps spread the word of the show. Thanks. 
I want to thank everyone who contributed to this episode of Very Bad Words. Dr. Timothy J., Jesse Hazelip, Andy Mills, Lauren Schiller. Oh, by the way, you should check out her public radio show, Inflection Point. Bruce Simons and Evelyn Mellison, who got those cute kids to swear with me throughout their show. Yeah, we did get their parents' permission, too. So anyways, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. So many times. He swears ten times a day. My parents don't say them that much.